it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back again, fresh off a week at the NFL Draft last week. It is your boys here with Woo Fantasy. Woo! And that, as always, is the cordial sounds of Mr. Nick Hefley in the background. How are we feeling? We're getting our uh, getting everything back in order. How am I feeling? Ooh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm recovering from, uh, from, from Nashville there. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I guess we should, I guess we should mention that. What, what he does remember from Nashville and the NFL draft. Was thir- what I do remember was Thursday night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Thursday night we remember very, very well. Friday night, round two, round three. Was a complete and utter disaster in itself. I, I, rem- I remember the first half of the second round. That's that's about it. We uh, <laughs> first, so so just to, just quick quick recap. So so Thursday night we get down there nice and early and, and we're having a really good time for round one. We're down. Uh, what winds up being the kind of the front of the the big crowd that you probably saw when you were watching on TV, uh, you know, battled through the rain for the first, you know, 10 or so picks and, uh, you know, hung up most of the first round down there. Great night. Great to be a part of, of, you know, that crew. Uh, Friday night for rounds two and three, we decided to go to a rooftop bar just down the road, um, from where the draft was being held. And it was, it was a blast. And then let's see. So the draft started at six local time, maybe about seven thirty of yeah, about seven thirty or so. Granted, I had I had not been eating the entire time because we were going to go to Texas State Brazil and and uh, go go bro out and go uh, shove a lot of meat down our throats uh, that <laughs> night. So I didn't eat also anything. Also, by the fact that we did start the day early playing golf that morning, we did, as well. we did play some golf, which is, which is great. It, we had fun. Uh, so, you know, we, we, uh, so I didn't really eat a lot prefacing, you know, that cause we're, we're, you know, we're saving our, our stomachs for a big meal and, and people just kept buying me shots cause we were there for my bachelor party. Yeah. I don't remember a lot. I was passed out at Texas Damerville. I was passed out on the way home. It was, uh, although I didn't feel that bad the next day, probably, I, I don't know why I got through it all up, but, uh. It was, from what I remember, it was a really fun weekend. Uh, yeah, it was a great night. Uh, plenty of pictures and videos uh, were made. Hey, what uh, happens in Nashville stays in Nashville, Brandon. Uh, yeah, no, they're gonna they're gonna come out. It's gonna be closer to the wedding time. Uh, we're gonna probably <laughs> those uh, those videos and uh, pictures are probably gonna surface at some point. Over the course of the next couple of months, just to remind Nick of the great time he had in Nashville on Friday night. Because Can't wait. He and I remember that for sure. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. We, apparently, I mean, apparently my, the waitress was checking my pulse to make sure I was still alive. The waitress on, uh, did check his pulse. Um, uh, did a photo op with the piece of cake for dessert that you could not Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> so that's good times. I'm remembering little little things. Little bits and pieces. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's great. 
Oh, but no, yeah, like you mentioned, we were down there for the draft Thursday and Friday. Uh, Thursday night, like you mentioned, we were down there in amongst it, uh, on the ground, out in the rain for the better part of the hour that the rain started almost as soon as the draft kicked off at 7 local time. Uh, and we were basically, what would you say, a block away from the stage, right there, right main, yeah. center stage, staring at everything. With, with what, 300,000 there for was, round one? Yeah, I think, it was, I think it was upwards of 300,000 people that were down there at ground level in Nashville ready for that. And, I mean, it was nuts. Was a spectacle of it. It was nuts. We, we, had, we had two people leave to go to the bathroom and couldn't get back because they could not make their way through the crowd. Yeah, no, exactly. Once you once you've dissipated through that crowd, you were not coming back. There's no way you could filter back in unless you wanted to start a fight with someone. That's for sure. I, I was more than ready to start a fight to get back. I, I all you got to do is hey, say excuse me, you go through. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, it was a yeah. I mean, it was, it was fun. Good, it was a good time. Uh, I mean, overall impression of night one, how we. I think there's more. We, you got a better feel of the atmosphere uh, in night one uh, by being down there amongst all the fans and everything. We can, you know, pick by pick that comes off the board. You really kind of you can gauge the crowds, kind of feel the emotion of the picks that are coming off the board. Uh, oh boy, could you gauge the pick whenever Daniel Jones got picked? Oh wow, all of all of us just the mouth dropped the to crowd. the floor. Yeah, when uh, wow. the sixth pick was pulled off the board. Uh, Daniel Jones to the Giants, which you all know by now, of course, a week later. Uh, as soon as that pick was made, uh, there was a Redskins fan next to me to the, to the left that was, yeah, he's decked out in full Redskins, just attire. Uh, he had a suit jacket on. It was nothing but Redskins stuff. I mean, it was head-to-toe guy was covered in Redskins. I immediately walked over to him, shook his hand, and, and congratulated him on the pick that would be made of Dwayne Haskins later on in that round, he told me that he did not believe that was going to happen. I told him, I assure you that pick is going to happen now. So, of course, we get a few picks later on down the road. He's, the guy is completely stressing out, does not want Dwayne Haskins. I'm telling him it's going to happen. The Giants fans that are around us are also ragging the guy as well because they're about, he's about to get Dwayne Haskins, which I, of course, immediately told the Giants fans, you drafted Daniel Jones at six. You have no room to talk right now. So, pick was made of Dwayne Haskins. The guy immediately throws his hat into the crowd, cursing it like just out in wide open spaces. Just an angry we do person. have video of that, by the way. Yeah, we'll, have to post, we'll have to post it. It's that was the greatest scene ever. He throws everything down. The guy just immediately storms off, and he leaves. His draft night is over at that point, and he walks away. Uh, I would say the other kind of the funniest thing about, I guess, night one to me was uh, when the Titans selection was made. Uh, they, of course, take Jeffrey Simmons, uh, the defensive tackle, who will likely not play, if any, during the 2019 season. Uh, the pick was made. You could There was just a hush that came over the crowd uh, of all the Titans fans that were there downtown. And everyone, it just felt like there was a max exodus at that point. There was so well, many yeah. But I, I think, I think to, I think I to be say out of disgust, but I think it was just like Titans fans were like, oh, I think, I think it, we saw the pick. Well, let's go. Yeah, I, I think that's a lot of what it was. I mean, I, I know it was one of those nights. Where, I mean, we had we had been we had been down there for quite a long time, and you know. I, I was fine, you know. There's nothing I was really interested in the rest of the, the you know, round one. At least, at least to be down there live, where we couldn't go watch on TV and uh, and go from there. But you know, one of, one of the things I thought was really cool, you know, to to me, it felt like a fantasy football draft. But we had, you know, all of our guys were down there, you know, in amongst. Everybody's wearing their jerseys. Everybody's wearing their team gear. Everybody's just happy to be an NFL fan. I mean, you had people that were down there that could give two craps about football down there just for the fun. And I think that's what what made the draft in Nashville a lot of fun is you had Nashville, Nashville turns up for, for events like this. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of us that had lived in Nashville at some point know CMA Fest when that's going on in Nashville. You stay the hell away from downtown. This is one of those things, too. Like, we dared to not drive a car anywhere down there. Uber the entire time. I mean, the, the, the crowds were massive down there, so. But that was one of the things that was just really cool, just like with the Giants and the Redskins guy. And, and 
you know, some of the other, you know, guys that you ran into, guys that, that you don't know from Adam and you'll never see again in the rest of your life. You, you had that commonality in talking football. And it was, it was really cool just to be down there and be a part of and, and uh, you know, have that experience. Yeah, that, that comes from many years of expertise of being around the Nashville area and knowing what to do as far as travel is concerned. Uh, Nashville usually turns up for big events, and this is probably one of the bigger events that they have held there uh, locally. So, yeah, we and, 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 then, and then another big event that they have, they have the National Marathon go on on Saturday morning when we're trying to leave, and we had to drive 20 minutes to get – Two, like less than a, a mile from the house to go eat. Yeah, which, you know, uh, me, and, that, me and a group of so. guys did walk that distance. It was like a ten minute walk, but a twenty minute drive. Uh, so you know, a few of us kind of made the smart choice to you know, walk it over to the breakfast spot that we went to Saturday morning. Uh, we did mix in with some of the marathon people. Uh, there was a guy in a corner that was calling out numbers and giving words of advice and encouragement to these runners, and you know, I mixed in with a guy. And I acted like I was running in the marathon without a number and immediately just darted across the corner. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, of course, felt like, you know, that was the best best words of encouragement that I've had in a while was that short little run across the street that I just put forth. So, yeah, that was, Congratulations. That, was pretty, that was pretty cool to see that that big event going on that that day as well. I mean, it was it was a big weekend for Nashville, but... On to the business at hand. NFL well, Brown. hold on now. Hold on. Hold on. Right. Now, now, before before we before we get into so the, 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 the the business at hand, let's 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 go over some true business. Uh, you know, on the last podcast that we did, you know, we we went over the Brandon Murkison mock draft. Yes. Um, I know we invited some listeners. We had a couple a couple people. Uh, uh, join in to our NFL.com, uh, predict the pick. And, uh, I know you had some, 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 uh, picks that changed from, from what we discussed last week, but, uh, move some uh pieces let, around. Let, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, move some pieces around, which, you know, I, I think you had a better, you wound up having a better draft than you would have, but, uh, how, how did, do you remember who finished uh, at the top, Brandon? Well, the way that the conversation's going, I haven't checked it, but I'm sure that you finished on top of the of the leaderboard. Ah, quite true, Brandon. Quite true. <laughs> no, you're, yours truly finished uh, at the top. We had a fellow fellow uh, fellow uh, bachelor party hangy Neil Lowry, who's in some of our leagues, uh, finish uh, finish a close second. He he came on strong, but uh, you know it's kind of interesting from a lot of the the picks that were made. But yeah, I, I did win. Uh, <laughs> It was really interesting, you know. I, I think one of the more common picks that that a, a lot of people picked in this thing was, uh, of course, Josh Jacobs going twenty four to Oakland. I think yeah. was a, a pretty universal pick that a lot of people got right. Uh, Daniel Jones was was picked to the Giants, not at the right pick, but, but was right picked pick. to the Giants. Um, but there's there's definitely a lot of. Uh, I had Dwayne Haskins of, going to the right team, but not the right spot technically. Uh, uh, yeah. The way that the setup was, I had the Redskins trading up with the Lions to pick eight. I had the Redskins that they were going to take Dwayne Haskins at pick eight. So, of course, the way that that, that predict the pick was with NFL.com, you can't switch the teams at all or anything like that. So You're picking them to the spot. I had him to the, I had him to the spot where I thought a trade was going to occur and the team that was going to select him. So that probably would have changed a little bit as well had that actually come to fruition and they allowed me to show. Not that much. I got like I got like nine right, Brandon. Oh, okay. I mean, um, I, of course, I didn't even check it. We were so busy doing all the other stuff. I didn't even a, see a, it. A, you didn't check it, a.k.a. you knew you sucked that bad. Nah, we ain't going to go I that think far. You might have finished dead last. If, if, if you weren't last, you were second to last. It was pretty bad. Pretty sure that's not the case. Well, Pretty sure. Uh, let's see. Pick picks that I got right. Just FYI, I did get Kyler Murray one. Uh, I did get Nick Bosa at two. Um, I, I I wound up uh, I, I wound up going Josh Allen at three, Quinton Williams at four, which got both of those wrong. But in in terms of the NFL dot com, uh, at least with Quinton Williams, I was right there. Uh, if you were one pick off, you got points, uh, you know, as well. Um, did have, uh, I know you had him ranked 
quite a bit lower. I had Devin White uh, correctly going to Tampa uh, at five. Uh, and I, I actually had Hawkinson going to the Jags, which he went one pick later, so I got that one right as well. Uh, let's see. Christian Wilkins, I think I just threw out there to the Dolphins. Just I thought he would go around that general area and just happen to luck out and get him going to that right spot there. Uh, did get Dwayne Haskins going to Washington. Uh, of course, Daniel Jones, which he should have gone there. Yep. Uh, but, but I think, I think I, I didn't get a lot of, of the back half, um, you know, spot on, but I was really close on a lot of those picks. Uh, I got some of the linemen going, going late in round one there, uh, correctly to the right team. So I, I got lucky. I'll, I'll be honest. I got lucky on some things. I, I did not finish great, but. You know, it, it was it was uh, a strategy I had going for the last couple of years. I've done decent, but yeah, this one this one had actually turned out really well. Yeah, so. I mean, which yeah, the overwhelming vast majority of everyone were was pretty well shocked at how the first round kind of came to pass. A lot of the players that were expected to be picked were not selected. You had a lot of value dropping down the board, sliding into round two. I mean, you know, the quarterbacks. That was the biggest shocker for me because I, I had three to four cornerbacks. I believe three to four cornerbacks yeah. going in round one, and I don't. Yeah, he did. He had, he had Greedy. I don't think. I don't think we had. I don't think we had it. Rocky Asin went uh, top half around two. Yeah. Greedy went middle, middle around two. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I know for me it was one of those things to where, you know, I think I think in my mock draft I think Greedy was the only guy that I had going in round one, and I think it was I think it was right in the middle of. of you know, toward toward the latter parts around uh, or, or the or the twenties is where I had greedy going. I don't know why, and and it's weird because I was like, you know, I shouldn't be picking a, a quarterback this late in round one, but I mean, I just thought I just don't see it from some of these guys. Yeah. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I mean, if you go by the like, team needs and stuff like that, a lot of my articles and research kind of goes by as based on team needs. Some of these teams really needed some of that cornerback help, but you know it's kind of like what we said in the last podcast last week, and things that I've kind of put down on on Rotoballer dot com was that you know, there's so much depth in some of these other positions that you're going to have a lot of this value slide down the board because teams know that they can get a decent player later on in the draft. So absolutely, I, mean, I think wide receiver was the, a great receiver example. Exactly like that, for sure. That was a Exactly the case. You know, DK Metcalf didn't go to round two. Everyone was expecting that guy to come off the board, you know, mid-round one. So, you know, the you know, first first receiver that was off the board was Marquise Brown to the Ravens, which that was one of my correctly predicted picks. So, oh, you? Yeah. So I, I mean, what a few did have Marquise <laughs> Brown there. That's for sure. That's you know, Hollywood. Hollywood to the Ravens, which we'll discuss here in a minute, but. Uh, yeah, it's it was a t- it was a very tough first round to get accuracy wise because uh, there's just so much unexpected movement by players. It's just I don't it, it was it was it was a fun experience being down there, but it was sure as hell a hair pulling event trying to predict how some of these picks were going to come off the board. But anyways, uh, jumping the guy that wound up winning the NFL.com thing was probably I think he had thirteen or fourteen right. He had a lot of like. Like one or two off or something. Just, I mean, it's one of those things you just got up. I mean, you're going to have, you know, I think they had like a hundred thousand, you know, 
you know, predict the pick things going on. So yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, even the guy that picked, you know, the guy, the guy that had the number one overall one only picked, you know, less than a half around one right. So. Oh yeah. Tough one. But anyways, moving on, going to start to uh, discuss the business that we're here for. That is the NFL draft. Uh, yeah. We kind of really glossed over to a degree, a little bit around one. You know, we, I think you, there's no need in really kind of discussing it, talking about Kyler Murray, number one overall to the Cardinals. We really kind of hammered that point home over the last couple of podcasts, so you kind of do know what we're, what our thoughts are as far as Kyler Murray moving on. Yeah. I mean, say, You know, real quick, though, on Kyler Murray, I was really impressed with how Arizona has surrounded him with weapons now. I mean, yeah, I he, agree with that. He, he may be – I think at first he was a guy that, you know, with the wide receivers in the offense they have, like, yeah, maybe he's a number two. I mean, he's got, especially the dynasty potential, he's got, uh, with those receivers that they got on him, I, I'm looking at him in a little different light now. Yeah, it's, I mean, you've got, they traded, you know, they got Andy Isabella in the draft. I mean, you've got. Christian Paper. And you got Hakeem Butler that they picked up as well. Yeah, like we said, Christian Kirk, he's there as, as well now. Larry Fitzgerald and probably his final season with the Cardinals as well. So, I mean, they've got a very solid wide receiver core to work with with a new quarterback coming into play as well and so you know things are looking up for Kyler Murray uh, which we knew they would be after this draft was over we figured they would probably do a very good job of surrounding him with pieces and kind of helping him to succeed a little bit so uh, but then they do make the trade which we figured was coming and Josh Rosen sent to the Dolphins, which was kind of the team that kind of came in under the radar at the last minute. I wasn't expecting that trade to go to the Dolphins. Uh, yeah, we kept talking like it was going to be the Giants or the Redskins. Dolphins are the team that pulled the trigger on that. So, real quick, how do you feel uh, projecting out going forward Josh Rosen as a Dolphin? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, obviously there's the, the weapons he has down in, in Miami are, are not that exciting. I mean, Kyle Murray's is coming in the league, and I mean, his weapons are, you know, you would like to think he's going to have some really good pieces there to be able to help him along the way. Whereas, I mean, what do you have in Miami? Devontae Parker, Kenny Stills, I guess you got Kenyon Drake at, at running back. I mean, these are good pieces, maybe not great pieces. So, you got uh, it, Grant. He showed a little bit in flashes last year as well. Yeah, but I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you've got a different quarterback there. Uh, you know, you got Fitz Magic, who granted can can, can make some wide receiver team. magic. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I, I think we'll see. I, you know, Fitzpatrick does this everywhere he goes. Everywhere he comes in, he wins some games. Everyone's like, oh. It's it's great. Fitz Magic is he's going to be a good quarterback. We're going to let him start the rest of the year, and then all of a sudden, he starts to suck, and he starts to come back down to the quarterback that he really is, and then they look somewhere else. So just like last year in Tampa, he set the world on fire for the first month, and and I was definitely one of those guys for sure that you know he's one of those guys where I'm not going to break the bank and fab money on him. But, you know, you may throw out a couple bucks. I threw out three bucks on him in one league. Of course, I didn't get him. But he's one of those guys that, hey, if you're on a hot streak, let's go with it. But I, I, Josh Rosen, as far as his ability, it's, it's up in the air. I mean, Dynasty League, you're not going to be drafting him. I would I would hope you're not in the league, that you're in a Dynasty League to where you're going to be drafting him. If you are, you're in the wrong kind of Dynasty League. Redraft leagues, he should go and draft it. There's, there's no way that I don't. I, I think unless it gets to be week, let's say nine or ten, that and, and if Fitzpatrick coming out there and he is not doing well, I think that's when you'll see Rose. Yeah, I mean, I will. As far as his dynasty value, I'll disagree. I think if he's available in your dynasty league, you're going to draft Josh Rosen this year. I mean, if he's available, great, but I, he shouldn't be available. And if you gave up on him already. If you, yeah, and you had to draft him the top year. five quarterbacks last year. Yeah. So, hey, more likely he's not going to be available in your dynasty league. And if he is, then that's somebody that's probably not playing the dynasty game the right way. So, but if he is available, I mean, I'm, I'd take him over Daniel Jones. As far as mm. quarterback ranks, yeah, I would for sure take him I over would. Daniel Jones. Yeah. Because I know what I've seen in Daniel Jones, and I've seen bits and pieces of Josh Rosen that – Josh Rosen, who had a better 
college tape than Daniel Jones and who's actually, even though it wasn't great, he's performed at the NFL level to a degree so far. Yeah, I'm going to take a more proven commodity over a guy that I'm pretty sure is not. I don't have any faith that's going to going to show anything at the NFL level. Who's to know right now? You can't say when Daniel Jones is actually going to step onto the field for the Giants. You know, will this be Eli Manning's last year, or will this idiotic front office extend him for another couple of years? I mean, Gettleman even said after the selection that, yeah, they they felt like Eli Manning. Daniel Jones could be the type of quarterback that could sit for one to three years and learn behind Eli Manning. I mean, that's Get just an idiotic statement. That's just, you, can't, you can't say that after you just take you just took a guy at sixth in the first round. That, at six. You pretty much, are, if you boxed yourself into a corner, you're going to have to get that guy on the field quickly, or you're going to be lynched by your fan base, which he's probably he, on the verge of getting lynched by that fan base anyways. But. Hey. He he. Let me tell you though, it's somebody. Somebody. I read this online earlier in the week, and it, and it rang true so easy. Gettleman is the kind of guy that he's drafting like it's 1987. Still, he's taking a quarterback early, no matter quarterback early, no matter what. Yeah. He took he took Saquon Barkley, which I love the Saquon Barkley pick, but in the end, it would have probably worked out a lot better had they taken Sam Darnold or somebody else. There, got a good running back in round two, or, or get a good running back this year in round two. I mean, I mean, I like Saquon Barkley. He, he is going to be a good pick. Fantasy-wise, I love the move. But you got a guy that he's he's drafting out there like it's the 80s. Yep. Horrible. If I'm a Giants fan, I am not happy. Yeah, I mean, they, they're basically showing the offense that they're going to employ this year and with the New York Giants. It's going to be Saquon Barkley left, Saquon Barkley right. Uh, short, hopefully, conversion for third down. If not, then punt. That's their offense. We, yeah, that's this is very, very fun. Not very. It's very easily fundamental football. I mean, it's not creative by any stretch of the imagination that we've grown accustomed to seeing over the last few years in the NFL. It's going to be almost like a car, to a degree a carbon copy of what the Cal, the Dallas Cowboys do on offense. I mean, run, run. Hopefully a, a easy throw for third down, conversion, chew clock, let the defense win you the ball game, go to the house. That's, that's what they're hoping for with the Giants. But anyways. Good luck in that division. I mean, so our, our three quarterbacks are the, our three quarterbacks in the first round we've kind of discussed. Uh, I mean, how do you feel with Haskins going to the Redskins? Uh, what, what, what's your dynasty outtake, outlook with uh, Haskins as a Redskins quarterback? Likely probably playing early on from week one on this year. Uh, you, you think he's going to play that early? I do. I think, I mean, honestly, he's got Case Keenum, Colt McCoy to beat out. Yeah, I, I think I think it's a very similar to what Rosen's going to have in Miami. They're going to they're gonna try to give it to the veteran. However, however... I think that Haskins is going to be given the reins a little earlier. Um, I think with the defense the Redskins have, they at least think that they can go out there. But I think it's one of those things that, uh, you know, like some of these teams realized last year that, that they want the young athletic guy um, to come out early. Um, I don't know. I really don't. I really don't know what I think about Haskins. Um, I, I, man. Yeah, it's it's one of those things with Haskins that he's he's just so hard to to predict. I, on one hand, I think he could could come out and is like an RG three in that he might have a decent start. But I just don't know what I see his his pro potential being. I really don't. What 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 do you think? I like. I mean, like I said, I like the comparison. I brought it up last week on the podcast as well. The Dwayne Haskins Haskins can be a Kind of like a Byron Leftwich in the NFL. He's never going to give you – well, yeah, he's never going to become a QB1 in fantasy. But there's going to be weeks where, if, you know, you're in a super flex two-quarterback league that he's going to be valuable for you in those type of formats. Uh, rookie ranking-wise right now, I've got him at overall at 19. So kind of a late round two pick 
in uh, rookie. That draft. that should be about right. Yeah. So that, yeah. I mean, that's that's where I've got him slotted in currently right now. That'll be up on uh, Roto Baller uh, at some point later on this weekend and uh, early part of next week. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what he's going to be. He's he's going to be a guy that you're going to be playing matchups with. A really good pick as far as a best ball type guy. You know, there'll be weeks where he might drop three touchdowns on an opponent. That's going to be a, you know, an easy matchup for him. That'll be the week that you would want to have him in a best ball lineup, guy. You know, where you're going to get the best option out of your quarterback that week. Uh, it's going to be hard to cement him and really hone in on when you want to start him. If you've got, if you're in a situation where you wait super late on quarterback and you're trying to decide. In given weeks between, you know, like the Phillip Rivers of the world, uh, you know, the Matt Staffords of the world, uh, where you've got Dwayne Haskins as well, and you're going to try to play the matchup. It's going to be a nightmare trying to figure out what matchup is going to be best to play Dwayne Haskins. So, uh, yeah, I mean, QB2 moving forward, I don't think he's ever really going to rise above that when, when it comes to fantasy. Yeah, I, I, I'm agreeing. Yeah, especially especially year one, I think he's one of those guys that I, you know, he he could be one of those guys that I think is going to be a late two. I mean, I, you know, his upside is is definitely higher than some of those guys like a like an Andy Dalton, uh, you know, at the end there. I mean, he he's he's one of those guys that holds some intrigue, but I, I definitely don't want to count on him to be able to do anything. Yeah, that's that's exactly how I feel about him. He's I probably he won't really ever be the type that I would imagine myself drafting and holding in a redraft league. He's probably going to only ever be a piece that I would have in a dynasty format. That's kind of how I feel about a, a Dwayne Haskins right now at the moment. So, oh boy, uh, but yeah, I mean the the three quarterbacks not exciting stuff. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah, which we knew that going in, but outside of that, I mean. Going back into round one stuff, you did mention you touched on it earlier. Josh Jacobs, he's he was drafted worst in, kept secret in round one. Worst kept secret in round one. The only two player other to really, I mean, you had four other players technically that's going to have some fantasy appeal drafted in round one. You got Marquise Marquise Brown to the Ravens, Nikhil Harry to the Patriots at the end of round one, which was a shocker to me. Uh, Noah Fant to the Broncos, T.J. Hawkinson, which was also brought up as well to the Detroit Lions. So. Uh, right. Touch on those real quick. Uh, Josh Jacobs, my number one, as it stands right now, number one overall pick in rookie formats, dynasty pick uh, drafts. Um, where where do you stand with Josh Jacobs? Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he was a guy that I had number one even before the Isaiah Crowell injury from earlier this week uh, going way, down. Uh, for- asterisk, uh, pull in, put that in as well. Doug Martin resigns with the Ravens yesterday, too, just to – they're not the, not the Raiders, but Raiders. Uh, so even though yeah, they all, I mean, we know Josh, <laughs> we know Josh Jacobs is probably going to get the vast majority of the totes in this backfield. Yeah, as he should. I mean, I mean, this, this is an offense that should be moving forward. I mean, Dougie Fresh, uh, not bad. He was serviceable here, but you know, Josh Jacobs should be a guy that comes in. You know, I he if you're taking anybody else. Um, pick one or in a dynasty format, something's wrong, or, or you know, there's going to be some major thing that's going to happen between now and, and your dynasty league draft. But he has got to be picked number one in this redraft league. I mean, I mean, he's probably a guy that's starting to sneak into. I would say if a draft's getting held today, maybe be a third round kind of a guy. Easily. Uh, I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't sneak into you know round one consideration. No. Uh, I think just because the offense he's playing in, but like Saquon Barkley, like like uh, Zeke Elliott, you know, I don't think he's that dynamic of a runner, but he's a guy that just because of, you know, target share and who's going to be in there with him, he, he, he's easily in round three, I think, right now. Yeah, I mean, you're going to see somebody pull the trigger and reach on him early, probably tail in round two. I would not be yeah. shocked to see that just because of how rookie running backs have performed over recent memory. Sure. Uh but like you know, we keep kind of touching on it, we've not really we've not seen him uh, withstand a full workload at, at at any level yet. I mean, he was split time at Alabama. He was kind of a gadget guy they would bring in in certain packages of certain situations. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Uh, he performed well whenever he got the ball, but then he also battled injuries as well. So, I mean, Josh Jacobs is probably going to be a guy that, for me, it's going to be a prove-it year. Uh, I want to really see what he can handle. Uh, do I think he's going to be uh, up to par and perform well enough to hold the number one mantle in rookie draft? Sure. Just because, like you know, we keep talking about, opportunity-wise, he's going to get a lot of touches. He's going to see a lot of volume in that backfield. Uh, so that, in, a, in itself, is going to give him... Uh, advantages over some of these other players that we're going to discuss a little bit. But, yeah, Josh Jacobs, and like you, like what you said, worst-kept secret round one. Everyone knew he was going to go to the Raiders at some at one of those picks at the tail end of the round. Yeah. But, yeah, he, uh, nice nice landing spot, I think. Yeah, he's he's a guy that I, I'm going to be iffy on in redraft, but definitely worth it in, in the rookie pick. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're only going to get a shot at him if you've got the number one or number two overall in your uh, in your dynasty league. So, if you're not at the upper half of the round, don't get your hopes up. So. But uh, what we mentioned with some of the other uh, other players, you know, Marquise Brown to kill Harry. Uh, who are you yeah. giving, who are you giving the nod to between those two receivers in round one? Out of those two, it's got to be the killer. Uh, Marquise Brown, that maybe could have been one of the worst landing spots for him possible, uh, that people might have been at least somewhat excited about his potential uh, in year one. Uh, Lamar Jackson didn't exactly light the world on fire in, in terms of uh, uh, passing and, and throwing the ball deep. Uh, you know, maybe that changes with a different skill set guy. I mean, granted, Marquise Brown is one of those guys that he, he's instantly uh, an upgrade over the, the other Brown they had in, uh, in Baltimore last year, John Brown. Uh, but no, Nikhil Harry uh, could not have landed in a better spot out of any of these wide receivers. Sands, Nicole Hardman in, in Kansas City should the Tyree Kill stuff, uh, you know, come down and he not be there anymore. Uh, Nikhil Harry easily, uh, I, I'm going to say probably a top four draft pick in, uh, in in terms of dynasty rankings, you know, he's probably what do you think, B? Maybe a very, one of the last maybe number twos early part, number three picks? Uh, does he go that high? I mean uh, I mean, well, when it comes to uh, dynasty, uh, the rookie drafts, I've got Harry right now slotted as the number two overall player on my board uh, but if you know, I mean, if you're going to discuss a little bit any kind of redraft with Harry, there I think there's going to be varying opinions on his value. Uh, getting closer to drafts, I mean, myself right now, do I think he's current? He's do I think he's currently the best receiver on that depth chart for the New England Patriots? Yes, I do think he is. But also, I saw a version of Tom Brady last year that was on the come down very hard. Uh, I mean, he was under 4,000 yards passing last year, which was the first time we have seen that in probably a decade from Tom Brady. Uh, I Like I keep mentioning, whether it be in articles or anything on Twitter, stuff like that, I just I feel like this Patriots offense is turning a corner this year, and it's going to be strictly running with Sony Michelle in this backfield and also Damian Harris that they added via the draft as well, which was a another head scratching move. Um, they're going to try to run the ball a lot this year. I don't. I think they're going to use Tom Brady more instead of a guy that's going to 
put them on his shoulders and try to win ball games, throw for 400 yards a week, plenty of points on the board. I th- you're going to see more of a ball control type of team with New England this year, which means you're not going to see a lot of that volume out of a guy like a Nikhil Harry when you're going to see plenty of opportunities going to Julian Edelman. Yeah, I mean, there's other – Julian Edelman's still going to be the guy here. There, there's no, no question. He's so, still going to be a guy that's going to get five, six, seven yards. But, I mean, outside of that, who do they have? I mean, they don't they don't have a lot. I've not sold him Philip Corset. I've not sold him Philip Corset. Uh, See, more, yeah. Me, more than anything, just because of how Bill Belichick is, I think Philip Dorsett's probably going to be more of a headache uh, than he is an actual oh, 100%. player. I mean, 100%. So there's going to be weeks where you, as an Akil Harry owner, are going to be like, okay, this is a great matchup. Akil Harry should give me five catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, it's a, it's simple math. Uh, it, paper, it looks great. <laughs> Philip Dorsett's going to be the guy that's going to get you those numbers that week because you put Nikhil Harry in the lineup. That's exactly how it's going to go in 2019. I guarantee that with Philip Dorsett. Yeah, that's I yeah. mean that's just how I feel there. But I mean, when it, you know, with go back to the other players, well, Marquise Brown, I'm not a big fan of. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't really a big fan of him coming into the draft process. I think he's too little bit, little bit too small. Uh, already showing. Injury question marks. He's still fighting that Liz Frank injury right now. Uh, They say he's going to be ready for training camp. Uh, Damn Liz Frank. But he's going to, I mean, the Ravens. He's going to a team that's going to run the ball 65% of the time. Uh, He's going to be counted on as a guy that's going to run down the field and hopefully break the defense open for a long play. Other than that, he's not going to be a PPR asset for you. He's not going to rack up catches. He's not going to rack up touchdowns. Uh, you're looking at a guy's probably going to get five scores on the year. Uh, catches, very, very disappointing. I mean, catch-wise, he's probably going to get you around 50, somewhere in that yeah. ballpark. I mean, he's so he's not uh, – for me, he's not going to be on my redraft radar. Uh, right now, I've actually got uh, – uh, He's not. I mean, he's just simply not for me. That's – I mean, standard scoring, sure, but he's going to be a bench player for me. Uh, but – I mean, there's other guys. I, I'll put it like this. Yeah, I mean, and, and he's one of those guys, too. Now, granted, I do not like his ability. However, I mean, these are the kind of guys, though, that, that you, you take as your number six, number seven, number eight receivers, depending on how deep your, your redraft league is, just because you're more likely to hit a home run on a guy like a Marquise Brown than you are to get a number three or number four receiver on another team. I mean, I would much rather do that than get a, a – I would much rather – great example. I'd much rather have Marquise Brown than I would Philip Corsett. Well, obviously so. That, I mean, I'll give you that one. I mean, we're, but we're also comparing apples to oranges, and I think both of those two players, I would be happy with drafting late in best ball formats more than I would redraft or anything like that. That's – Oh, best ball. I mean, that's – I don't even want to get into best ball Except the uh, except the coming fad, I mean, it's just yeah. you have to you have to at least yeah, no, no, give, no. give the devil its due. I mean, uh, yeah, not at all. It's it's a bu- it's a bunch of idiots who who want their bench players to be in their starting lineups. That's ridiculous. Well, I mean, it's 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 basically it's. I mean, we've been, we've talked about this before, but it, I mean, it's it's a format that people enjoy playing. That you throw in you know five ten bucks for a draft. And you're the type of person that puts in 30 to 40 leagues a year and you don't have the time to put in lineups. A, don't do that many leagues. But B, I can understand the, you know, the, it's sometimes there's some weeks where it's hard to manage eight to 10 leagues when it comes to waiver wire, starting lineups, things like that. It's hard enough to do that. But I, yeah, but still, you're still, field. you're still, man. My opinion on freaking best ball leagues, you're still going to man. If you don't still manage your team, if you just think you're going to draft and set it and forget it, you're still not. You know, there's guys that are going to come out there like a Philip Lindsay that you're going to want to add out there that you're not going to be able to sit and forget it. To me, a best ball format is like, it's like, it's like a beginner's league. Put your training rules on. This is what it's like to play fantasy football. You get a guy. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. That's no fun. To me, that's just no fun. 
come on. The, the, the fun in it is making that the fun in it is making that that right choice and right decision to start this guy over this guy. That's the fun in it. It's no fun just to, oh, I'm going to get a guy on my team. Like Deshaun Jackson's the perfect example of that. Deshaun Jackson shouldn't even be on a freaking team, but I'm going to get him on my team in the one week that he goes off. Because he's on my bench, I get his points. Yeah. I hate that. I, I guess to a degree, like, I'm, I'm okay with the format just to it, – it puts more of an onus as far as on your preparation for the draft. If you have a great draft, you should be in some small degree paid off for how well your draft was, not how easily you can work the waiver wire because you sit by a computer all day or your record is so bad that you get the top waiver wire pick for that week when a guy gets injured and this running back is available. I mean, that's there. That there's no skill involved in that. Let's be honest well, there. Well, but I think, but I think that's why Fabs have, have you know, to their to their just due, has been what's taken over in and most because to your point, you know, we've we've had a league for a long time that we wanted to put Fab in that we have not been able to because you know some people want to go old school format and yep. uh, you know add guys out there, but the thing freaking goes off at you know three or four in the morning. So it unjustly, you know, gives some other guys a benefit. Like me, who's one of the only guys that live on the East Coast, I'm going to get up before you get up. But we used to have to set an alarm back in the day, you know, if we wanted to pick somebody up for, you know, three in the morning to be able to wake, be able to wake up and go pick up somebody and then go right back to bed. It was stupid. Yeah, it's very stupid. But, yeah, I mean, that's, like I said. That, anyway, we digress. Sorry. We digress. Sorry. It's, we're getting off topic a little bit there. That, t- that tends to happen with things like this. But anyways, uh, the two the two tight ends that went in round one, Hawkinson to the Lions, Fant to the Broncos. Yeah. Uh, coin, um, coin flip? Yeah. I don't think so. No. Right. Not in year one anyway. Here, here's what I, here's I what I'm a big Hawkinson fan. And uh, you know, I'm I, I, more here, of a Fant guy myself. Here, here's my take. Year one, Hawkinson's going to be better because his quarterback plays with Stafford's going to be better. Now, I say that to say, not that Stafford has ever really thrown the ball to the tight end, but year one, Hawkinson's, Hawkinson in a, in a, in a redraft league, Hawkinson's value should be higher than that. I think long term, depending on who decides to take the reins in, uh, in Denver, I mean, Drew Locke could be a guy that, you know, it could be Locke defense for a very long time there. I think Locke is, Locke's in my top three as far as quarterback ratings from this, and I'm sure we'll get to Drew Locke and, and some of these other guys, but I think Fant long term has higher, a much higher ceiling. And to me, even Herb Smith, who I'm sure we'll get into, has a higher ceiling than TJ Hawkinson. But year one, one Hawkinson should be the highest ranked out of these guys. Yeah, yeah, that's. I can kind of, I can sign on for that. Uh, I do, wor- I do worry about Stafford's ability to even look at a tight end. Um, but that's, yeah, that's the thing though with that offense this year. You're going to have. You've got Kenny. You got Kenny Galladay. I mean, Marvin Jones coming back from injury as well. So you got your two outside receivers. But then outside of that, they have really nothing to offer uh, at the receiving exactly. spot. So I mean, Hawkinson's going to be in a position where he can kind of find uh, find a nice position, get some get some targets. Uh, should yeah, he should be a he should be a guy that get, comes out and gets six seven touchdowns here. Yeah. Yeah, he could be, but I, like I said, this long term, I do like I do like Fan. I think Fan is better year one just because Flacco's dependency on the tight end. I mean, we saw that for years in Baltimore. He loves the throw to the tight end. So I think Fan's going to be a guy that I'd probably take more in redraft leagues this year between the two. I would definitely take Noah Fan over a Hawkinson this year. Uh, but dynasty, dynasty wise, right now for me, it's. It's kind of – they're close. Right now I do have Hawkinson as a first-round pick in rookie formats. Uh, I've got Fant as an early second-round pick in dynasty formats. So I've got them, I've got them close to each other ranking-wise right now. Uh, yeah. So, oh, and I, I would say, too, I mean, you know, for the guy in a dynasty league who, you know, who who hung on to, to Gronk for a long time, I mean, you're looking tight end round one. I mean, there's not a lot of tight ends, I would imagine. I mean, you're not going to go and – you know, in these dynasty drafts, you're not going to go and get Jason Witten living like you were 15 years ago, going to get Witten out there. He's he's not not going to be a guy that's going to have a ton of value. So, if you're if you're a guy that had Gronk and, and he retired, 
you're you're going after one of these guys round one, no question. Yeah, you'd be smart to. I mean, that's honest. That's you're losing a big piece of your uh, your team on a weekly basis, and you're going to have two solid uh, pieces there to draft early on in a rookie draft that can be cornerstones of your team for many years to come. So, yeah, I agree with that for sure. But uh, out of your round, out of your round one guys, and that's all we've got right there. Those are the guys that were selected in, uh, on Thursday night. Uh, I mean, we, you know, you hear it, you heard it here first. Jacob's easily the top, top pick in rookie formats. He's the one-one currently, as things go right now. But then going into, uh, going into day two, um, we won't really in depth jump into player for player with round two and three. Uh, let's just kind of touch on a few guys here. What's a, uh, what's the day two guy that stands out to you the most? Uh, that you're really going to probably be buying into, and what's a guy that you felt he was drafted too high and you're probably going to steer clear of? Uh, yeah, easily for me, uh, notwithstanding of being a Bears homer, David Montgomery landed in a perfect spot. Uh, he is, I, I think he's a great pick. He is, I know I know he's a Brandon Murchison favorite. He went to a situation where he can be a three-down back. Uh, with Chicago, uh, Matt uh, Nagy. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, (laughs) hold on. Matt Matt Nagy has said he wants three-down running backs, even though they might not be a true three-down running back. Uh, But I think he he could not have gone to a better spot. So he, for me, is the second pick uh, of what would be my dynasty uh, draft. He would be 1.2 for me uh, in, in any format out there. Easily landed in a great spot. Uh, you know, Mike Davis is not a starting running back in the NFL. Uh, you know, so so for me, yeah, Montgomery went to a great spot. Um, guy that went in round two or three that I think went way too high. Or, or no, did you say he say went way too high? Or way too, too high, high or a guy that you're going to steer clear from as far as fantasy purposes? Um, who there, there are, yeah, I mean, I think Damian Harris pick is, is disappointing where he went. Uh, the other guy that I am probably steering way clear of that was around two or three guy. Uh, I am probably going to go AJ Brown to the Titans. I think for the, for the Titans, I think it's a great pick for dynasty purposes. Unfortunately for AJ Brown, he's going to go to a situation where he's going to be, Fighting for about what twenty balls over there. A lot of them are going to go to Delaney Walker at tight end. We're going to get some running back throws to Deion Lewis. Uh, there's not going to be a lot of catch for AJ Brown in Tennessee. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's, Wait, sure. that, that I, I agree with that one for sure. I mean, target share is going to be hard to come by for AJ Brown in that offense. That's for that's for darn sure. Uh, what about you? Uh, I mean, I would probably say the pick the. I, I do like the most uh, that has the ability to be a big boom for fantasy owners is probably going to be Miles Sanders uh, going to the Eagles. Yes, I do know they traded for Jordan Howard, but they also didn't give up a whole lot for Jordan Howard. So when you get into training camp and you get all of the practices and everything, and if Miles Sanders is clear, you're clearly your guy, Miles Sanders is going to be your starter for the Eagles and – Jordan Howard may be a cut candidate, might be a guy that's going to just not see the ball very often. So I think Miles, I think Miles Sanders is going to be a guy that's going to come in right away and be very productive, even year one. Really? Yeah, I, I, I do like him. I, I mean, I like. We talked about it last week. I, I like Miles Sanders. I just man, there's a there's a lot of mouths to feed in the Philadelphia backfield. I think he's going to stand out above the rest. Actually, I mean. He, he was, the no, I think, number one running back recruited in college when he went to Penn State. He sat be, sat behind Saquon Barkley. Uh, then when he finally got the time to shine, we all saw what he did last year. He put, up, put together a great year. Uh, he can run. He can catch. He can do anything in this offense that they're going to ask him to do. I think Miles Sanders, the way it constitutes right now, I think, is more ready to be put in a position to be a three-down back than David Montgomery is early on. Uh, so, Miles Sanders, I've got him at three in my rookie ranks right now, just one spot ahead of David Montgomery. So, uh, Interesting. 
Yeah, I, li I like the pick of Miles Sanders. I think that's going to pay dividends this year. I think he's going to be a low-end running back, too, even in redraft formats this year. Uh, he's going to definitely put together a strong rookie performance. Um, I mean, if there's going to be a guy that's going to challenge Josh Jacobs as best rookie running back in year one, it's going to be Miles Sanders. So just based on landing spot and ability and expected targets, volumes, touches, whatever you want to call it, I think Miles Sanders is going to get a lot of looks this year in that offense. So, uh, uh, pick, another pick that I wasn't fond of, I would agree with you on the A.J. Brown one. I did not like that one at all. Uh, just was not, a bit, was not a big fan of the landing spot there. I just don't think that offense is going to line up well enough for what A.J. Brown can do at the pro level. Not enough catches are going to be available to him. Uh, but I'd probably, I'd, out of round two, round three guys, Probably lean DK Metcalf. Uh, really? Yeah. I mean, I don't. I didn't. I wasn't liking him coming into the process, but now I really I'm not liking him at all going to Seattle. Uh, you know, with there there's talk that you know Doug Baldwin's going to retire. Uh, so there's going to be a pro, there's going to be a chance for DK Metcalf to start right away. But you know, some things that we kind of mentioned after the selection, it's some of the guys that I was talking to after the pick was made. And some discussions that we kind of had after the draft as well was that, I mean, he's he runs a he he's kind of Tyler Lockett, but a bigger version of Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett's a guy that runs down the field and kind of breaks open the defense. DK Metcalf, that's pretty much all he can do. So, I mean, what is the, what is the, the Seahawks are going to plan on doing on offense? Are they going to try to run the ball about sixty percent of the time? And then just run two different go routes, and hopefully one of those guys can catch it. I just—it's not. Yeah, but well, you got to think though too. When they get in the red zone, they're going to be throwing balls up top for him to go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's. That's going to be his only really intriguing position is the fact that he can. I mean, what's he? He's going to get you forty-two catches on the year, and he might get you upwards of seven scores. Possibly. Yeah, I'm I, 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 I'm 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 going to disagree with you on DK Metcalf. I, I don't think, especially if the Doug Baldwin news is true, I don't think he could have found a better landing spot out there for. I mean, you got a guy in Russell Wilson that is, you know, a top five to seven quarterback in the NFL with, to me, no weapons. Yeah. Out there, DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf may not be a great receiver. As good as some of these other guys, I, don't, I think AJ Brown is a better receiver, but he did not go to the better landing spot at no, all. Not at all. Not not at all. I mean, it's. I mean, I would make the argument that uh, I would make the argument that uh, McCole Hardman probably had the better landing spot of any of these guys going to the Kansas City sure. Chiefs, and with all the uh, Tyreek Hill news that's kind of up in the air right now, we don't know what's expected to happen. <laughs> With Tyreek Hill moving forward, I mean, we're almost all kind of bracing ourselves for a suspension. Uh, and if that's the case, I mean, Hardman's a guy that's going to probably plug right in and not fully replace Tyreek Hill, but it could be a guy that can come in and do some damage early on. I mean, he's similar build, similar speed, probably doesn't have the hands that Tyreek Hill has. So, you know, he's not the player that Hill is, but I think, you know, he's – I think he had better landing spot about all three of those guys. So, yeah, true. And I and I I think my thing with Miko Hardman is, is I think a great landing spot. I don't think he's the receiver. Some of the guys that went in front of him, I would rather. Oh my God! If, if JJ Arcega Whiteside or Paris Campbell goes to Kansas City, I am all freaking over that. Yeah, all day long. Easily probably the number one. Campbell in Kansas City. I agree with that. Ooh, one. wow, wow. What what a move that would have freaking been! But I, I don't I I saw me call Hardman play at at Georgia. He, he he is a very talented guy. They did not, not take advantage of him. So so maybe there's something I'm missing a little bit in there. However, the position that uh, very well. Cor correct correct yeah. I just but I think in all in all he's not the kind of receiver that is gonna just be crazy out there. But the landing spot for him could not have been better. That's a guy that I've kind of touted as well. Like I think he's based on injury news with or not injury news, but suspension news with Hill. 
I mean, say he'll miss a significant time or most of the season. I mean, Hardman's going to be a guy that you're going to get late in a draft, uh, right now especially, and could bring in some of that low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three numbers. If he's going to take up uh, some of the lost volume and targets that Hill's given up, somebody's got to somebody's got to get it. Somebody's got to get it. Sammy Watkins ain't going to get it because he's going to hardly be on the field because he can't stay healthy. So. Sammy Watkins is <laughs> so that's the big deal with that one. The butts, uh, I mean, those you know, a few of the picks from round two. That's just kind of a couple pieces there. And, uh, we'll wrap it up. We're kind of coming up on the on the hour. Uh, wrap it up with. Uh, we'll do uh, kind of one. Let's 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 say one player, maybe two. Uh, throughout the remainder of the draft, that was taken that. So round four that, and after. Yeah, that you like landing spot-wise. You know, he could have been drafted, could have been undrafted. Uh, one player to kind of keep an eye on. Not that you think is going to have huge, massive success in fantasy in 2019, but it's got a, a, kind of a guy to keep your eye on moving forward in Dynasty. Let's see. Round four and later. Uh, yeah. Round four and later, I think you got to go Akeem Butler. Uh, he was one of my favorite, another another Iowa State guy. He's one of my favorite favorite receivers coming in this class. And I wish he would have gone to another team outside of Arizona just because of the receivers that they already have in tow. But I think he's going to be a guy that I, I think he's the best of the crop that Arizona got um, in the draft. The other guy who, at least year one, uh, now maybe not for a long term potential, but year one, the guy, one guy that I'm looking out uh, for this year uh, is a round five guy, uh, Ryquel Armstead for for Jacksonville. Uh, he's a guy that you know, if Leonard Fournette is back to not being what Leonard Fournette was from last year. They don't they don't exactly have anybody in that backfield outside of Alfred Blue who we know what he is. Michael Armstead is the kind of guy who could really, really do something year one just literally because of the situation that he built. Yeah, uh, those nice little names there. Uh, one, I would probably say two uh, to keep an eye on for me. Uh, I would, for sure, Bruce Anderson, uh, the running back that went undrafted, uh, to Tampa Bay, I think he's kind of a name that kind of rose late in the process. Uh, Tampa Bay picks him up off the uh, undrafted pool. I'm not a big believer in Ronald Jones. I know there's a lot of talk out there right now that the coaching staff likes what they see in the guy. Uh, but keep an eye on Bruce Anderson. Uh, I think he's going to be a guy, he might be a name that pays dividends late in the year, kind of like a Damian Williams did this last year for for, for people out there in fantasy. Uh, nice pickup later on in the year. Uh, depending on how he does in training camp, he might. Yeah, I mean, he might shake out and be fairly productive early on. Um, then another guy, like you know, you just mentioned Alfred Blue, the situation he left in uh, Houston. Yeah, they've got Karen Higdon that they they picked up off the undrafted pool as well. I mean, they have Deontay Foreman that's going to be ready to go. Lamar Miller is expected you know, to probably have his last year as a Houston Texan this year. Uh, Higdon might be a guy that you want to pick up late in your dynasty and rookie drafts and kind of hold on to him and see how things pan out and shake out for next year. Uh, not really any appeal, I don't think, in redraft this year as well. Uh, but a, a name I keep forgetting to kind of touch on, uh, round three guy, Deontay Johnson. That went to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, possibly a replacement for Antonio Brown. Uh, wow. uh, that's we, We've not really seen fully what James Washington can do, uh, but Deontay Johnson's a guy that's going to be kind of very similar in make and size and ability to Antonio Brown. Uh, he could be a guy that kind of comes in and, Finds a little bit of shine later on in the year in 2019, but he's definitely going to be, for me, a nice sound pickup uh, in uh, in these uh, rookie formats and dynasty drafts. So, you know, uh. I've got him right now as an early third-round pick, so I, I would probably scoop him up, see how things shake out. Like I said, we've discussed it as well in previous podcasts, and I'll put it out there 
on rotoballer.com as well. And the Steelers know what they're doing when they're developing a secondary receiver. And if it's not just Washington, it's Deontay Johnson. So keep an, keep an eye out on that guy. Uh, I would probably pick him up and hold him uh, if you're getting ready to do your rookie drafts. Uh, but there you have it. I mean, we're kind of recapped the NFL draft. Uh, a few names to kind of keep an eye on. Some some of the, you know, the dynasty tidbits, rookie you know, rookie draft tidbits. We've kind of co- got you covered a little bit there. Uh, whether it be myself flying solo or we do get Nick back in through here, I know he's going to get be getting ready to get wedding stuff. Getting hitched. Getting that stuff prepared over here in the next, you know, the course of the next month and a half. So uh, his timeline is going to be somewhat busy. Uh, so podcasting wise, we get some things out there, uh, whether it be myself flying solo or if I can indulge him into getting in for a few little bit here and there, or you know, special guests that I bring on, whether they be fellow writers, fellow experts out there in the field. Uh, we're going to get some other content out there and kind of probably start uh, starting. Starting some of the coverage for the 2019 season. Uh, getting you guys ready for that as well. Uh, you know, pre-training camp stuff, things like that. But that's where we're at right now. Uh, finished there, putting the bow on the draft. How was uh, how would you grade your experience in Nashville for the draft? Uh, like we've talked before, you went to the one in Chicago just back a few years ago. Uh Nashville, obviously better than Chicago, I assume, correct? Uh, yeah, a, a lot. I mean, the the weather, even though it rained for the first hour or, or so during round one, uh, freaking Chicago was ridiculously cold. Sands weather, let's just even just throw the atmosphere. The atmosphere in Nashville was amazing. Yeah. They should hold the draft. Well, they should hold the they should hold the draft in Nashville like every two or three years. I mean, the, the atmosphere is amazing. I mean, it's one of those spots that, that Nashville actually came, absolutely came out as a spot a lot of people wanted to travel to. Um, I, if, if, I thought Chicago comparatively was an A, but Chicago comparatively was a C. This thing was an A all the way. Yeah. The only thing that would have made it any better is if we got to get up a little closer. Yeah, I think that was kind of the overwhelming uh, concept for the draft this year is with everybody was that, you know, yeah, Nashville is just top notch. Went way you know above and beyond a plus for a draft locale. Uh, hopefully, they will decide to kind of come back fairly soon, so we can all kind of jump in there and do this uh, do this fun thing again. You know, of course, it's out in Vegas next year, so who knows? Maybe Vegas tries to top things off and go even more crazy with their draft experience next year. So, anyways, uh, gonna wrap this one up, Nick. Where can they find you on Twitter? Find me up the real FF Goat. Real FF Goat there. The show's Twitter handle is, of course, at Woo underscore Fantasy. I am at Roto Superstar. You can find my work on rotoballer.com as well. Uh, be on the lookout for some of the, uh, the post-draft dynasty workings. Uh, a lot of the stuff getting you ready for, like I said, the 2019 season training cap things like that you know gonna have that up i'm gonna have my dynasty and rookie ranks up on the website here early next week so be on the lookout for that but for mr nick heffley there and myself the roto superstar himself brandon murkison we will see you guys next time here on fantasy